BizQuick podcast hits on the struggles and advantages of being an entrepreneur. It's for anyone who's made the commitment to burn the boats and not look back. Are you a busy entrepreneur or small business owner trying to do it all? Then this podcast is for you. Corey and Julie will take you through the details of building a strong business. Hit the subscribe button and gear up for another episode of BizQuick Podcast. All right, everybody, welcome to BizQuick. We are excited today. We've got Andrew called. Calderella on the phone, on the phone, on the podcast. <laughs> we've got we've got Andrew on, and he's going to talk to us about um, about just uh, living a uh, a better life in terms of uh, just good habits, just good practices. He, he talks a lot about the uh, just the importance of being mindful and that type of stuff. And we're going to jump into that with with Andrew when we bring him on, but. As always, we've got myself, Corey, and we've got Julie. What's happening, Julie? Well, hey there. This Welcome is to the a, show. This is a totally new intro. Yes. I, uh, I'm like, oh, wow. He just introduced himself, myself, Corey, and Julie. What's happening over there? Yeah, this is new. All right. Well, and new things are good, Julie. New things are change is good. Change, change is, is good. good. Yes, it is. Hey, and that ties in perfectly, and we did not plan that at all into... Uh, what we're going to chat about prior to bringing Andrew on uh, is just the importance of accountability, adaptability, having thick skin, that type of stuff, being an entrepreneur. Because it, it, in a perfect world, it would be nice if we all could sit around in a drum circle and sing Kumbaya, but that's yeah. not the real world. We would, all Would that be nice? No, that would, would be awful. I prefer the nice, mean, real world. I do too. So, I do too. But you need to get thick skin. Like when Mm -hmm. it comes to reviews online, people are going to hate you for no reason other than they just like to hate. And Mm -hmm. especially with, and this is no secret to anybody out there, but with social media and online reviews and all of that, it's, it's really easy to just be a shitty person. Because there could be thousands of miles between you and the other person. Yeah. There's nothing they can do about it. The, gone are the days of talking, you know, talking trash in person and getting your face punched in. Um, Man, there's a lot of people who need their face punched in in the really world. There really is. <laughs> there really are. Keyboard warriors are just the worst. The worst of the worst. And you know what our, our good friend Tony Watley says? If you don't have haters, you aren't doing anything important. That's a very good point. That... Uh, yeah, if if you're not ruffling somebody's feathers, you aren't. Well, actually, I don't think you're doing anything today. Correct. Because just, just the act of breathing is going to piss somebody off. That's so true, especially if you're like married to someone. Can you breathe quieter? Sure. I'm not even talking about that. <laughs> like, yeah, just existing is, yeah. is enough for people to hate you. But yeah, back to like that whole like growing up as a kid, and 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 this is a little different as it should be. You know, the experience of growing up as a guy versus a girl. Mm. Um, that I was a tomboy though. Well, I mean, but still like there, there's, there, there's a certain, especially for men, like there's a, uh, uh, there's a need to get beat up every once in a while. And there's a need to beat somebody up everyone. And again, we're not like talking about like putting people in the hospital, but like as eight year olds, like scuffling, somebody gets a bloody mm-hmm. nose, whatever. Like that's important for, for kids growing up, especially for boys in my mm-hmm. opinion, because you get to know. You know what it's what it feels like to get punched in the face, so that you're probably less likely to punch somebody in the face. Mm, because I, yeah, that's true. I want to tell you a little. Can I tell a little quick sure. story? So I was probably like eight or nine, 
and my, you know, it's, it's summertime. So us kids are home alone. Um, there's just four of us at the time. And my, one of my older brothers, my older brother, um, Tim, he, um, I'm not a fan of Tim today and I'm not, a, I'm not ashamed to say that I've got a lot of siblings so you can pick and choose. That's the benefit. You only have one. So you have no choice. I've got five. I've got choices. Tim used to just pick on me mercilessly. Is that the right word? Mercilessly? Mer- yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he would just uh, like day in and day out all day long. And in our house, so if you could, you could exit our house through the kitchen, there was a side door in the kitchen and it was like a wooden door that had like three glass panes on it, right? Three, gla- three glass windows. And um, it, that led to the porch. And then on the porch, you could go out. There was like, you know, a big door and a screen door or whatever. So he was on the other side of the kitchen door with the three glass panes in it. And he was making fun of me. And not my brightest move. I went to punch him through the window. <laughs> Shattered the window, cut my fist all up. And I was terrified of what was going to happen when either my mom or dad came home and my dad came home first and um this was when he still liked me so he was like uh looked at my hand he was like all right it was all wrapped up in like a dish towel and it had been bleeding and looked to see if I needed stitches and I didn't and then my mom came home and my mom was like what happened here right and um she was furious but she was furious at my brother for picking on me. <laughs> so he had to pay for the window and had to pay and had to fix the um, f- had, to, had to pay to have it fixed and had to clean everything up. And I often think how backwards that was that, well, yes, he probably should have teased me a little bit less. Being picked on is just part of childhood, especially for siblings. But I was the idiot that punched the door. So I probably should have had to pay for that glass. Sure, but you made a point, And I feel like he probably, the the teasing probably was a little less after that. Because he was like, damn, she just punched a window out. Yes, uh, the teasing was definitely less after that. Um, In fact, it almost stopped entirely after that. So you're right. He was probably like, ooh, she's got some balls. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably not what he said. No, but maybe he just thought twice about yeah, teasing like, in the future. Exactly. You know, you just punched a window out. You bloodied your hand in anger. I mean, that's <laughs> eh, you know proves a point. And but again, that's the I guess part of growing up is it's just important to uh, to experience that to understand that it's the the whole notion of I mean like keeping kids inside and and forcing them to always be safe. It's like no, you got to fall down and scuff up your knees some. You got to learn what it feels like to break a bone. Yeah. Um, yeah. 100%. And I think as entrepreneurs, you've got to learn, like you got to fail, you've got to be and you got to be able to bounce back from it so that you know, you've got a, the resiliency, the resourcefulness, the, you know, some of those things that we talked about with Emily Frasilla way back in our 100th episode, important, but also like just not really caring what anyone else thinks and pushing forward. If they are not like your direct advisor or paying your bills for you, you, you just shouldn't care. Yeah, I mean, to agree, to a degree, you should, like, I mean, you don't want to go out there and burn every bridge. No, you don't, (laughs) yeah. I mean, sometimes you want to light those bitches up. Sometimes, but by and large, you have, you want to make sure that you're, you're the people, the people around you, your customers, your friends, your family, your network, you want to make sure that you're listening to them, that you're heeding their advice and that type of stuff. But for the most part, you also need to stick to your convictions in terms of, like, this is what I believe, and if, 
And if you disagree with me, then that's the world we live in should be like, okay, we disagree. That's not so much the case these days. It is not. Anyway, we need to take a break because we got to bring Andrew on and we will continue this conversation and I don't know, see where Andrew takes us with this. Yeah, let's do it. Hey everyone, we wanted to take a quick break to tell you all about our friends over at Podmatch. It's like a dating app, but for podcasts. This is a service we use to connect with potential guests for our show, and we connect with other hosts to be a guest on theirs. If you're an aspiring podcaster, have a podcast, or have something you want to share, head on over to podmatch.com slash sign up slash bizquick, or click on the link in the show notes to get started. All right, and welcome back to the show. We've got Andrew on. He is the creator of The Seventh Foundation. He is an author, a speaker, trainer, and coach. Welcome to the show, Andrew. Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. Thank you for everybody for joining us. Yeah, we are. We're excited to get talking um, with you about just kind of uh, resiliency at a at a adaptability. That's the word I'm looking for. Adaptability. Yeah, there we yes, go. it is. Um, and and we know that you've got kind of a interesting backstory in terms of uh, growing up and and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, I, I do. <laughs> I was actually uh, born in Detroit, Michigan, in 1966 to parents fighting for the civil rights movement. I was born with dyslexia, other learning disabilities, and a lazy eye. The lazy eye meant they put a patch over my good eye to make me look out of my bad eye to help strengthen it. It was 2200 vision when I started. I don't know if you can imagine, but uh, having a patch over your eye, learning disabilities and stuff, I couldn't do much very well. I was mocked, called stupid, bullied every single day. Uh, it wasn't just kids that were doing this, it was adults. I was ridiculed in front of the class by a teacher telling me I was too stupid to learn anything and I just should quit and uh, go get a job. <laughs> so I think my uh, resilience training started very, very young. And if, honestly, most people that are resilient, they need to have somebody to help them along the way, especially if this is happening to you as a kid. And for me, it was my mom. She always instilled a sense of purpose and, uh, and worth within me and telling me that all these other people were wrong. Uh, she always compared my learning disabilities to some of our greatest leaders in the world as they had learning disabilities too and kind of kept me on track. So that allowed me to graduate from elementary school. I went on to high school. I actually became a school leader. I was vice president. I was on multiple sports teams, went on to college, got a degree in speech communication, theology and philosophy. I was on the rowing team and uh, elected as programming commissioner there too. So I was able to come out of my shell, learn how to compensate for these things and build up some uh, resilience, but I will say that all of these issues did create some type of negative thinking and depression and even suicidal thoughts within me. I've done videos on how to overcome that, but it, it, it is a great challenge, I will say. It's one of those things, too, where I, f I feel like a lot of time people will have similar stories for you, like yours, where you know how to come over, come up, overcome a lot of hardships and that type of stuff actually drove you to be probably more successful than you would have be would have been had you not had you know those those issues to deal with when you were younger yeah i i, I read a lot of these stories too and it seems like the the have nots the the challenge sometimes we push fight whatever the word is more than we would normally and i always had to study harder and learn how to do things differently uh because i didn't learn the way that normal kids learned so it was always a challenge and I think, like you said, it's it's that constant pressure. Sometimes it creates diamonds, right? So, uh, if you look at a human history, we see time and time again, it's always these 
these leaders that came from nothing, right? And so much oppression and everything that stand up and end up doing great things. And I'm just getting started. It's taken me a long time to get to this point to be on shows. I, I finished my first book finally, uh, being dyslexic, a big deal. And I didn't do this because I'm some writer guy. I did this because I found some major solutions to help the world, uh, to help people become the best people they can be and, and create a better society. Yeah. So, Oops, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. No, go ahead. I was done. I was just going to say, I, you know, I I made a note here when you said that it was, you know, your mom that instilled the sense of purpose in you. And it instantly reminded me of that story. And I don't even know if it's a true story, but it circled around, circulated around the internet. So I think it has to be true, right? Because if it's on the internet, it's fact (laughs) that, you know, the story of Thomas Edison and where he was about to be kicked out of school, he was being kicked out of school and the teacher had wrote a note to his mom and he couldn't read. And so his mom, when she read the note to him, she told him it said that that he was too smart for the class and he was a genius and he needed to stay home. And she homeschooled him. And I I, I like to believe that that's a true story. I I have no clue. But it really like just your story when you said that, you know, that was your mom that did that for you. It just reminded me of Edison and what his mom did for him and how that's so important to have that person in your corner who like is believing in you and can help you see clear of the bullies and like the, the negative feedback that's coming your way. Absolutely. And I, I remember Edison, I believe it was on the list. A lot of other people were, uh, I think that it's one of those things where like for me, I have these learning disabilities. I didn't learn. I also had a lot of great gifts too. Uh, until I was in college, they did more testing on me and it turned out to be a genius in abstract thinking and all these other things. So I could, uh, put together, I don't know, information that other people couldn't, you know, see patterns in large amounts of data and that kind of thing. So I think that all these learning disabilities sometimes come with gifts that if we could just show the kids how to compensate for their disabilities, but then help them with their strengths, we'd go a lot further because a lot of these kids get so, you know, just pushed out of school because they just aren't the cookie cutter kid, you know, but there also could be geniuses that could be helping our society if we could help them, uh, you know, learn how to deal with their issues, but also how to exploit their uh, gifts. That makes sense. It does. And that's uh, like a great thing that entrepreneurs and business owners need to realize. And and something that we've all learned over the past 18 months is that you don't always get dealt a great hand and it's how you play that hand is what is really defines who you are. And so a lot of people, they would sit down and feel sorry for themselves and, and just, you know, turn on Netflix for the past 18 months and just mm-hmm. or order Uber Eats and call it a day or call it a life. But there are the other people who were said, screw it. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to take advantage of this. I'm going to make the most of this shitty situation. Yeah. Absolutely. I, and I also think it's, you know, I, I, I think that, that, that adversity early on, I think it's important, right? Like we're, you know, it feels like right now we're living in a world where they're trying to eliminate, you know, any adversity or like, granted, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not advocating for bullying, but there, there are, there are benefits that come out of bullying, right? Like, and again, like we're probably going to get our first hate mail on our podcast. Please send us hate mail. (laughs) This is, here comes our one-star reviews, Corey. (laughs) Um, Bullying, while, you know, nobody likes a bully, you learn a lot when you are bullied, right? It, it strengthens you, it toughens you up. And, and eventually I think that the people that are being bullied almost always rise up and overcome the people that are bullying them. And uh, to a degree, 
and again, because like we were talking on the front end that the, and and I'll let you jump in, Andrew, because I know you've got some thoughts on that. But like, I, I think that like bullying in the sense of like that physical bullying back in the day is one thing, but we've got to the point now where uh, the, the whole thing sticks and stones, blah blah. Where words hurt a lot more than sticks and stones do. Yes, they do. And and that's like where we are now, where you can't punch anybody in the face. But, you know, you'll get sued and thrown in jail. You can't but, really say anything either, though. Well, yeah, but, exa- <laughs> but like, you can get away with, like, that that mental bullying, so to speak. But, uh, sorry, Andrew. Uh, no worries. I appreciate everything you guys are saying. Maybe I have a little different perspective as being bullied. I mean, when you're almost drowned as a kid, uh, you know, you're stripped down naked, thrown in trash cans, and everybody's laughing at you and mocking you every day, uh, throwing your books on the ground. And I don't see that the, that's a good thing. I wanted to kill myself, you know, for a long time. And I struggled very, very uh, much with socialization and just being able to speak, uh, even though I was, I spoke really early and everything else. And it was, it was very traumatizing. Even to this day, I have these deep scars within me because of uh, the trauma I went through as a kid. I think one of the biggest problems we have in our society is that we are not correcting the bullies in the right way to allow them to become better people. Because let me just tell you a quick story and then we can uh, move on. But I was bullied all the way through. And it's always the bigger kids usually that bully you. I'm a pretty big guy. I'm 6'1". And by the time I got in sixth grade, I was the size of the classmates that were bullying me. Two fights and the bullying stopped. But on that second fight after I won, the bullies all gathered around me and like cheered me on and like literally paraded me around the, the schoolyard as some type of hero. And I got to know these kids after that, and I found that their home life was horrible. They were being bullied. They didn't have a role model to show them how to be a good person and have feel empathy and sympathy and all the other needed uh, emotional states that kids need to go through. So they took it out on other, other kids. So what I want to say is these children that are bullies need help to be able to become protectors instead of bullies. They need to be brought out in front of the class and made to apologize. And we need to teach our kids to treat others as they would want to be treated. And I want to say this too, to all the kids that are bullied, they need to understand that it has nothing to do with them. Okay. This is something that is wrong with the bully, not the kid. And some of these kids that I went to school with, I mean, if you have learning disabilities or physical disabilities and kids are mocking you, throwing you out of your wheelchair and tripping you and just all these horrible things, it is not uh, a conducive uh, environment for a child. And yes, there may be some of us that grow up and, and do things, but I, it doesn't mean that I wouldn't have gone much further in life uh, if I would have actually had some help and some encouragement and all the rest. You know, I'm, I've been uh, behind the eight ball my whole life dealing with this stuff. So uh, enough on that. I just want to say, I think there's a better way for our society to handle this. And the bullies all grow up and they create uh, all sorts of problems within our society. I, I agree. And I do. I just want to clarify, like, I am not suggesting that, you know, throwing almost drowning people and getting them naked and throwing them in garbage cans is a a good thing that that children should be doing to each other. I think that there is a natural um, there's there's there. I think there are some benefits to having to ha- face adversity as kids. Right. Not tough. And, and I 100 percent agree that kids who bully it, it they're not they don't have the support at home that they need. Um, so we're on the same page. I just don't want people to think that I'm like, yeah, let's go try and drown that kid like that. No, no, no. And I, I didn't think you did either. I okay. just wanted to kind of say that little piece there. So everybody kind of understood where we were coming from. 
Yeah, but uh, so along those lines, and let's kind of bridge that gap there in terms of just like growing up without resistance or starting a business and having everything just fall into your laps where you don't have to actually work hard to to get like to be successful does not create success because the minute that the minute that something bad happens, you don't know how to deal with it. Yeah, exactly. I think that's what's made me such a great consultant because I've done every type of job you can imagine as as I was growing up. And then I've been a recruiter. I've, I've worked in management and built teams and companies. I've owned my own companies. I've started many of them. And I think it's all the challenges, all the problems that you face that, that allows you to uh, be a better consultant for people. So now when I coach people in their life or in their business, I have a vast store of you know, overcoming problems to deal with and, and know how to address these things. Where, like you said, if you just went through and had everything easy, uh, you would never do it. And I think that's why my life has been so hard and why I wrote this book is that, you know, I've been through, through so much, not only just the learning disabilities on that. I mean, I almost lost my leg attacked by dogs. I mean, more fights than people can imagine. I mean, car accidents where I laid up for like 10 years and so on and so on and so on. And all these tragedies and traumas always teach me something. It, I may not like it. <laughs> you know what I mean, going through these things is, is no fun. But I always felt like it was leading me somewhere. And, and like you said, making you stronger, more resilient. Plus my, uh, what do I want to say, my, my armory of being able to overcome issues now is so much vaster than it would be if I didn't go through those things. Because I can, you know, draw on so many different experiences uh, to make changes. Where was the moment that you saw, like, the, the tipping point where you were like, I can, I'm going to start to use this stuff to my advantage from a career perspective? Like, what was that, what was that process like for you? Honestly, I tried to hide my learning disabilities and just kind of put them in the background. I never really spoke about them. It wasn't until at this big breakthrough in 2015 uh, on discovering the way, these seven steps that will help fix humanity and everything. And I was dating a woman at that point, and I told her, she knew my story, and she was adamant. She was like, you have to tell everybody all of this trauma and everything you've been through. This is what makes you different. I mean, you're a genius kid who was, you know, bullied and everything else, and you're rising up. This is what people want to hear. And I was always ashamed of that. So I think uh, I didn't really use it. I I used it internally, you know, as far as, um, like I said, I'm kind of a genius in abstract thinking, so I could take in a lot of different data and find patterns and information and whatnot uh, that other people can't. So I used my my gifts, uh, but it was always a challenge because of the, you know, the writing is an issue, doing math and all that. So I had to learn how to compensate for that. So my big breakthrough was really uh, this angel woman who came into my life and told me, you got to tell everybody the story. And when I shared that with my publishers and whatnot, that's what kind of, I think, was the big breakthrough moment for me. Everybody loves a good underdog story. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, inspi- it's inspiring to those people who are the underdogs. And, and for everybody else, it's like, damn, if this guy's doing all of that, I need to do more with myself. Or that's the way that it should be anyways. Mm-hmm. Is that, it, yeah. That's what she was kind of saying. And I think I I didn't really realize that before. I always felt like it was embarrassing and something to hide, you know, because everybody mocks you and thinks you're stupid or whatever it may be. So how is your life? I just don't care. (laughs) How and how has your life changed since you embraced the this is my story and I'm going to share it? It's been really great, actually. Uh, I added a little bit of that into the book in the first chapter. That's what the publishers all wanted me to change that and put my life into this book a little more. So I did that. But when I talk about this on all these different shows, I've been on 25, 30 shows so far. 
it seems to be that's where we spend the most time talking. It's like, hey, you know, you try to push down all these childhood traumas in your life and then you end up talking about them every time on these shows. So I think it's a bit cathartic. I think it's uh, it's one of those situations where I see what you're saying. It does help people, not only people that are bullied and, and have issues to realize they can figure out how to overcome this, um, but it gives in motivation to people that maybe don't. Maybe it's some incentive to bullies to realize that they don't have to be so mean to people to get results. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see where this all goes. I'm really just starting. I mean, we're trying to start a movement, a new party, uh, getting this book out, a uh, whole sorts of training and coaching program. So this is very, very uh, early in this new evolution of what I'm doing. That makes sense. I'm literally a few months out. The, the book just got out in December. So I, I, I never really thought about that. But yeah, go, like how weird that might be we're like hey remember all of those memories that uh you've tried to forget yeah let's just talk about them every chance we can over and over and over right (laughs) exactly like bringing up being drowned as a kid i mean uh, that was such a traumatic moment in my life i you know and i had pushed that down you know far until uh i started talking about it on the shows i think there was one show i just remembered it and i started talking about it it almost broke me but you know, it's important because these kind of things really should not happen. We have to teach our children how to be better people. And it's ingraining this. One of the laws in the book is to treat people as you want to be treated as well as equals. Uh, there is nobody that most of the problems in the world can be solved by those two laws alone. Just treating people as equals and as you would want to be treated. You add in respecting life, meaning caring for our world and everything. And you pretty much can solve most of the problems facing humanity just with those three. And there's 10 within the book. Yeah. That's that's a really good point. Yeah, well, we uh, need to start wrapping up right now. Can you tell all of our listeners how they can get in touch with you or or learn more about your uh, foundation? Sure, absolutely. Uh, the Hub for Everything is the website, and the website's name is 7 Wayme. That's the number 7, W-A-Y dot M-E. And I named it that because the way has seven steps, and it's named the way, so you can say, 7 Wayme now. You know, like it's a command. You're going to go there and get all the stuff. My name is Andrew Calderella. It's like Cinderella, except I'm Calder instead of Cinder because I'm the male version. And yes, that means I'm still looking for the princess to come rescue me. <laughs> uh, so that's how you can find me. Go to my website. I'm all, all over social media doing videos and trainings and everything. So if you need help, contact me. Well, we've really appreciated having you on the show today. Is there anything that Corey and I can do for you? How can we help support you? What do you most need from us that we can give you? Oh, please just share this message with everybody. Try to get everybody to learn the way, follow the way, join the one movement in party, and let's make a better world for everybody. I think the time is now. Let me just say this. No time in human history have we ever been this connected and this awake and this ready for change. So I was coming out. I think God has you know, brought me here at this moment to help us make that change. This isn't about me. It's about all of us. Great. Thank you for that. Thank you to our listeners. We really appreciate having you tune in. Everything about Andrew is in the show notes. And if you want to work with us, you can connect with us on our website. And that website is sbpace.com. You can also connect with us on our social media. We have LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and a YouTube channel. If you're listening to this podcast, then we would hope you would download and rate it. Also, like us and hey, give us a review. And you can reach out to us about any topics that you're interested in hearing about or any guests that you'd like us to bring back on by heading over to sbpace.com and filling out the form. 
Don't forget to purchase our book, Seriously, Now What? A Small Business Guide to Disaster Preparedness. It has a digital download available on our website. It's the number one uh, Amazon bestseller. And if you've already purchased it, don't forget to rate it and review that as well. Exactly. I'm Julie. And I'm Corey. And this is BizQuick, helping entrepreneurs across America.